0: Thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. How many of you guys like uh, take personality tests? Is, is anyone a personality test? Yeah, okay. I love personality tests. What about the love languages? Like, how many of you have taken the love languages test? Uh, a few of you? Okay, so I actually, I love this test. Um, I think it's helped me understand a lot about myself and other people around me, uh, friends, you know, whoever I'm dating. I, it helps me understand people. So for me, uh, my one of my love languages and one of my top ones is actually quality time. See, I love quality time. And, and the reason that I love it. It's because time is something that you really can't get more of. It's not one of these things that you can go to the store and you can buy and you can give to another person. It's not something that you can go on your phone and like Amazon Prime has it and it'll get like delivered in a bus, like not a bus, like a van the same day. Like it's not something that you can buy and that you can get more of. It's pretty much you get what you get and we don't really know how much time we have. So for me, whenever somebody gives me quality time, I'm like, you're giving me something that one, you don't know how much you have, and two, you're giving me something that really you can't go by. So for me, I love it, I think it's incredible. And see, I, I'm a pretty extroverted person, if we've ever met. Um, I love being around people, I get energy from people, but there are certain people in my life that I absolutely crave like time with. Um, and it's one of these things where it's, like, if I am if I haven't seen them in a while, then I, Sarah's over there, like, that's me. Yes, it is you. Um, anyway, so, but it's one of these things where, like, if I don't have time with, like, my best friend, like, in a really long time, like, I start, like, feeling, like, almost, like, half empty. And I'm, like, I need this time. Like, you know, yeah, I know you guys get it. But... <laughs> It's one, of, it's one of these things where like, I have those people where I will literally drop pretty much everything that I'm doing to go spend time with. I will rearrange my schedule. If any of you see my schedule, it's insane. Okay? I'm working like two jobs and I'm volunteering and I'm doing all this stuff, but I will do anything to spend time with these people. And I'm gonna be real for a sec. Uh, life hasn't been the easiest lately, so I've definitely been needing quality time with my best friend more and more. But see, here's a little bit of a, a predicament both of my best friends are moms, okay? One of them is practically married. Like, she's engaged. They're about to get married. Like, she's practically married. I'm single. I have no kids. We have very different lives. And it's because of that that uh, planning quality time can sometimes be a little difficult. So, like, um, it's one of these things where, like, it's like a week in advance and, like, things can change. It can be a little difficult. So, because of the fact that it's so difficult to get time with them, the time that I have with them is something that's extremely precious to me and something that I cherish. But I was having uh, lunch with my friend the other day for her birthday, and I I hate to admit this, but I hadn't seen her for like two months. Or like I'd seen her, but I hadn't spent actual quality time with her in about two months. Um, Like I said, life just got in the way, like it it was one of those situations. So we're sitting there, we're catching up, and we're at, how many of you guys have been a Raw? Has anyone been a Raw? Oh my goodness, I don't know how you guys eat there if you ever have. I, it's like vegan food, but it's literally raw. And stupid me, I didn't think it was raw, I thought it'd be cooked. You'd think I would get that from the name, no. Anyway, I, she's vegan, she wanted to go there, I'm like okay, I'll try it, it was, anyway. Um, so we're sitting there, we're catching up, we're having lunch, and I'm like hey, so like, what's going on new with you, Like, what's happening? and she's like telling me a little bit about her life and things that have been going on and then she tells me this news and I like, I'm, e- I'm like sitting there and like it's one of those like scenes from a movie where I kind of like stop like halfway to with like the food in my mouth and I'm just like, are you kidding me? And I just, I won't share what she said just out of her own privacy, but I'm like, are you kidding me? That's actually happen- happening to you in your life. And I realized after this lunch that so much had happened in her life that I had no idea about. And I had this other realization that the friendship with her that I had turned into where I was the only one talking. I wasn't listening. I wasn't asking her how things were. And I also realized that I had actually allowed my life and my situations and my circumstances to get in the way of this relationship and this friendship that I actually care a lot about. But because I think a lot, because when I can't sleep, I tend to think a lot. Um, I also realized that this wasn't the only relationship in my life that I had let slip up because of how busy I had gotten. In fact, I had let the most important relationship in my life get away from me. So we've been in this series uh, called Followers lately, and uh, we've so far talked about the boy who gave Jesus the fish, like his lunch, the fish and the loaves to feed 5,000. Jake has given us incredible messages on Peter and the Pharisees. And all of these men were incredible followers of Jesus. And today, we I actually get the pleasure of coming up and speaking about a follower of Jesus that was actually a woman. So, yeah, ladies are like, yes, guys are like, okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so I get to to give the ladies a little bit of a voice tonight, so I'm actually really excited about that. Um, But I am going to be speaking about a woman named Mary, And bear with me, I know that there's, like, 50 million, like, Marys in the Bible, okay? There's, like, Mary Magdalene, there's Mary Bethany, there's, like, Mother Mary, there's Merry Christmas, like, there's a million different Marys. Thanks. At least one of you laughed, and it's the guy who told me the joke. Anyway, so, yeah, you guys got more of a kick out of that. Okay, but there are so many Marys in the Bible, and I'm not going to lie to you, this was one of the most confusing messages that I wrote because of the fact that there were so many Marys in the Bible. I had to go to like five different pastors, and I had to ask them all of these things, and I finally went to the guy with like a master's degree in Bible just to figure out and make sure that I was on the right track with these Marys. But anyway, so we are going to be talking about Mary of Bethany today. And Mary of Bethany was the sister to Martha and Lazarus. Uh, if you guys aren't too familiar with, uh, like, Bible stories and stuff, Lazarus is the guy that died and then Jesus raised back to the dead, or from the dead. Um, so that's that's kind of who she is. Uh, Mary is also a person who showed many, many different emotions to Jesus. And see, I actually really love this Mary because I believe she has a lot in her life that's very relatable to a lot of things in our lives. I I know she has a lot of things relatable in mine and I'm sure she has things that are relatable in yours. Uh, See, Mary praised Jesus, but she also blamed him for the pain that she believed that he caused her family. But Mary also trusted him. Mary went through all these ups and downs with her relationship and emotions towards Jesus, just like each and every one of us go through probably every single day. But today, we're going to look at a very specific day in the life of Mary. And I believe we have it up on the screen. It's going to be from Luke 10, and it's verses 38 through 42. It says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Okay, first off, isn't that such a sister thing to say? Like, she's not helping me in the kitchen, mom. Like, tell her to help me. Like, that's such a sister thing, first off. I don't even have a sister. I know that that's a sister thing. But two, I'm sure if you've been anywhere near a church or anywhere near a children's ministry, I'm sure that you have heard this passage at least once in your life. And honestly, I really love this passage because I feel like there is so much that we can learn from it. Now, see, if we look really closely and if we really dissect it, there are so many messages that I feel like God is trying to tell us. And if we look at it, the first thing that I want to point out is it says, Mary sat at the Lord's feet. See, I believe that she did this for a reason, that she had exact reason to do this. Now, I I want you to kind of imagine the situation They're probably, I'm just going to use like modern times, they're probably in like a kind of a living room area. There's probably like a table that they're sitting at. And Jesus sits down at the table. And instead of sitting across from Jesus, Mary decides to sit at his feet. See, she could have very easily sat in a chair opposite of Jesus. She could have very easily stayed standing with Jesus. But no, she instead decided to sit at his feet. And see, I believe that the reason that she did this was because when you tend to sit across the table from someone, you tend to have a conversation with them. When you stand up and somebody's kind of sitting, you tend to have a conversation with them. But see, I believe that she sat at his feet because she wanted to really listen to what he had to say. I mean, she could have very easily chose to make this all about herself. She could have very easily just sat there and she could have put all of her burdens on him. She could have very easily have just started complaining about her sister or about any problems that were happening. And truthfully, she could have very easily just told Jesus how great he was. And honestly, he probably wouldn't have gotten a word in. Um, Before we, we have like anchor services, our leadership team actually meets in the worship center. Um, and we have like a little thing where we go and we kind of discuss our plans and we have like a little bit of prayer time. And I was kind of explaining my message a little bit and uh, one of the girls who's on the team works at Red Robin um, and she was saying how she has an in-ear piece and I really liked what she said. So she said that when when she actually pushes down on the radio, it does not allow someone else to speak to her. But here's the thing, when she is talking, when somebody is talking to her on her earpiece, but she's talking to someone else, she can't pay attention to what the person in her ear is saying because she is so distracted by what the person in front of her is saying. Now you see, just like, just like the girl who works at Red Robin, Mary could have very easily ignored Jesus or she could have very easily decided not to let him talk. But instead, she chose to listen. Now, see, one question that I have, and it's a question that I even have for myself, is how often do we actually listen in times of prayer? And I'm, I'm, this is exactly how I pray. I'm not trying to call anyone out. But just think, don't most of the time, don't we just talk to God don't we just go to him with our burdens? Don't we go to him and say, sometimes even say, God, if you do this, then I'll do this? And sometimes don't you go to him and just tell him how amazing he is and how glorious he is? And honestly, I know especially with a busy schedule, it's like you're almost checking a box praying every day. And I'm, again, I'm not judging. I know that I do the same thing. But how often in our lives do we take that time to actually listen to him. How often do we sit in prayer and actually listen to what God has to say back to us? Now, um, we have a discipleship program here at church, and it's called Rooted. It's an amazing experience. Uh, We actually start next week. If you're interested, come find me after, and I'll give you a little bit of information. But there's a week, I believe it's week six, and it's all about prayer. And I remember, like, the first time this concept was brought up to me, it was enrooted, and it said, I want you to go ahead and pray like you normally would today, but before you say amen, give God a chance to speak to you. That was the first time I actually ever heard God speak to me, and it blew my mind. It changed the way that I pray completely. Because by taking that time and speaking to him, but also allowing him to speak to you, I mean... It's God. Like, what would he not want to tell you? I mean, he can tell you, he can give you advice. He can tell you what's actually important. He could tell you what to listen to. He could tell you advice. I mean, he could tell you whatever he wants, and it's an incredible time if we just give him that opportunity and we listen. But see, I think that the most important thing that Mary did uh, in this passage was she rested with the Lord. Now, see, her sister Martha was running around frantic. And, like, if any of you have, like, a mom on, like, a holiday or, like, a grandma or that crazy aunt that's, like, running around frantic, like, trying to make sure that the turkey's not burning, like, this is what I imagine Martha being like. She's running around. She's freaking out. She's trying to be a good host. She's trying to check the boxes of what society tells her she should do when she has guests over. And, like I said before, she even called her sister out on it because she thought that her sister wasn't doing the right thing. But it says back in the verse, it says, but Mary had chosen what is better. And honestly, we often tend to choose things like work or school or friends. And honestly, sometimes we even put church ahead of a lot of things. And we tend to put them first before we spend time with God. And again, I'm not here to judge. I'm guilty of all of this too. Like I said, I I work two jobs, I'm volunteering, I'm trying to have a social life, I'm trying to pour into people, into these kids, and there are so many times that I have to catch myself and I have to remind myself to slow down in my busyness and I have to spend that time with God and it's not just that quick, okay, I read my Bible, this is it. It's not just that quick, oh, I said my prayers, this is it. No, I have to remind myself every single day to take that time to slow down and spend it with him. And I don't know what that looks like for some of you. Some of you, it could be laying in bed right before you're about to fall asleep. Some of you, it could be this time that you take and worship. I don't know what it looks like. But once you find it, it's something that you need to hold on to and that you really need to cherish. Now, I know some of you might actually be thinking, why do I need to spend this time of rest with God or why do I even need rest at all? I mean, isn't like the American dream to like graduate college by a certain age, get a certain job, get married, have kids, yada yada yada. Like right? See, here's the thing. When you actually take that time to rest, and the rest usually tends to be put on the back burner, especially at this age, rest is something that we need. Rest is something that God actually intended for us to have. Like, it's actually biblical to rest. See, if we go back to Genesis, Genesis actually explains within, like, the first two chapters why rest is so important. So if you go through Genesis, it'll explain uh, in days 1 through 6 how God made the earth, how he separated light from darkness, how he made man and woman and all the animals, and it'll explain all of this. But if you look at day seven, it will say he rested. And the crazy thing is God doesn't need to rest. He doesn't grow weary. He doesn't grow tired. He doesn't need a nap like I do after a day's work. Like, no, that is not who God is. But see, he had that day of rest because he wanted to lead by example. He wanted to show us. He wanted to model for us what a day of rest looks like and why we need it. Now see, that day of rest he actually ended up calling the Sabbath. And the seventh day he blessed. And this time, the Sabbath, is not only supposed to be spent with him and praising him, but I-, I truly believe that this day of Sabbath is a time and a day that we need to take in order to fill our cup, to relax to maybe watch a little bit of Netflix, to spend some time with a friend. I mean, it's so important to also spend that time with God. I'm not trying to put that down. But see, God made us for community, and I believe that if you need that community to recharge and relax, God wants that for you, as long as you don't put it before your time with him and your quality time with him. See, when we don't take the time to rest and slow down, We tend to miss out on the important things in life. Uh, This kind of goes back to what I said about when she's like, you know, talking to someone else and then like somebody's talking in her ear, she doesn't hear what the person in her ear is saying. This also goes back to my story when I said I didn't realize how much had gone on in my friend's life because I was the one who was doing all the talking. See, when we are so busy in our life and we don't slow down, just, just imagine you're, like, driving down a freeway at, like, 90 miles an hour. What are you going to see? You're probably going to see red lights behind you, but, you know, that's another story. But when you are going a million miles an hour, you can't see what's around you. You can't see what is happening around you. And when we tend to go a million miles an hour, we usually can't hear whatever God is trying to tell us. I mean, I, there have been so many times where I read my Bible just to read it where I, I go into a service just because I have to go. And my mind is going a million miles a minute to where I can't focus on what God is trying to tell me. There are times even here where it will be in worship and I'll be running around and God is trying to tell me something and I'm not taking that time to listen to him. And again, this happens in all of our daily lives, and it's one of these things that we have to be hyper, hyper aware of and that we have to remind ourselves and find a way to, find, to spend this time with him. Another thing, too, is I've noticed when you're going like a million miles a minute in life, you tend not to have like peace. And, again, this this might just be me, but, like, whenever I have a really bad day and I go to my best friend and I spend, like, an entire day with her, I feel refreshed. You know, I I feel this peace. I feel this refreshment that I would never get by just sitting and, like, you know, binge watching a show on Netflix or, like, you know, going and doing something by myself or just laying in bed all day because I don't do that. Maybe. It's fine. Um, But I get this sense of peace and relief whenever I spend time with her. But here's another thing that I noticed. It doesn't matter if I spend eight hours with her. The peace that I get even spending 15 minutes alone with God is something that I can't explain. I mean, there's a reason why worship is one of my favorite things is because that peace that you get when you're connecting with God and you're listening to him and you're actually letting him move through you, it's incredible. And again, it's a peace that you won't be able to get with anyone else or anywhere else, honestly. So um, a few years ago in, in my life, I was not doing very well um, whatsoever. And I, I was really irritable, I was extremely stressed, and truthfully, I, I was just kind of wanting to give up on my faith. Um, I remember I was at Hume Lake, of all places. I was up at winter camp with like the high school uh, kids, and, like, a message was happening, and I was just, like, sitting there, and I was stone-faced, and I looked at my co-lead, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I give up. And I literally just walked out of chapel, and she followed me. I'm like, I don't know why I'm teaching this, these kids this. Like, I don't believe this. Like, I shouldn't be here. And I was, I was angry. I was really upset. I didn't know what was going on. And then uh, our youth pastor, Scott McNeil, kind of came up to me. He's like, hey, like, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm fine. He's like, one, you're a horrible lighter. He's like, two, come find me when you need to talk. I'm like, I'm fine. I don't need to talk to you. So I end up going home, and I'm just ready to give up all this, like, Christian, like, Christianity stuff. I'm like, I'm done. And I'm like, no, I can't be done. Like, there's just something eating at me. And so I ended up reaching out to Scott. And I'm like, hey, like, can I take you up on that offer to talk? He's like, yeah, of course. He responded back to me right away. He's like, yeah, of course. He's like, when do you want to meet? And this was, like, Monday. I'm like, how about Friday. He's like, okay, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, thanks. That's what I wanted. But anyway, so it goes on to where I'm meeting with Scott here in the frat house. And he's like, so, like, what, what's going on? Like, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm really, like, I'm getting more and more irritated every day. Um, I'm extremely stressed. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm getting sick all the time. I'm like, I'm angry. Like, I'm yelling at God every single night. Like, I don't really know what's happening to me. And I don't like it. Well, anyway, it led to him asking things like, well, what does your life look like right now? What does your schedule look like? So just to kind of give you a rundown, um, I was doing 17 units at school, um, and this was like at a community college, so you usually don't do like past 12 um, if you're working a full-time job with it. I was also working a full-time job. I was volunteering at church in about three different ministries, all while trying to have a social life, all while trying to date, all while trying to do all this stuff, And still sleep eight hours a night, which I mean, let's be real, I didn't. But he just looked at me, and he said, "It sounds like you're tired." I'm like, Scott, I got five hours of sleep last night. Like, I feel great. Like, what are you talking? I'm not tired. He's like, No, you're tired. I'm like, No, I'm not. Anyway, this banter went back and forth for about five minutes. Because if you've ever met Scott, and if you've ever met me, we're both two extremely stubborn people. So this banter went back and forth for about five minutes, and he finally asked me, he's like, why are you doing 17 units at school? I said, because then I can graduate, get out of community college within a year and go to Fresno State. He's like, well, what if you don't do 17 units? I said, well, then I'd get out in a year and a half and then I'd go to Fresno State. And he looked at me. He gave me this look. And he's like, is that worth it? And like, I swear to you, it's like everything just like broke in front of me. And I'm like, Oh, he's right. And if you know me, I don't like admitting Scott is right, at least to his face. But after that conversation with him, it hit me. Is this worth it? Is any of this worth it? Is it worth killing myself to get out of a community college a semester faster? Is it worth my relationship with my friends and my family? And most importantly, is it worth my relationship with God and also my health? Because I don't care what anyone says. If you overwork yourself, you will get sick. I have been at that point. It is not fun. So don't do it. But as I continue on with my life, and every time I get into a busy season, I always ask myself, is it worth it? Is this worth it? So my question for you guys tonight is, is it worth it? Is your relationship with God worth whatever you're going through? Is it worth that extra income? Is it worth the, the lack of sleep? Is your relationship with your fa- friends or family worth it? Is going to school every single day just to try and graduate a little early worth it? Is the stress or the sickness that comes with all of this, is that worth it? Is it worth it to not spend that time listening to God, that time that we all so need? And is it worth it to not take that day of rest all for a little bit more money, all for that extra credit? Is it worth it? And truthfully, Is your quality time with God worth it? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. Um, I thank you for bringing everyone into this frat house that is here, God. And I just pray that as they go out, that they ask themselves the question, is it worth it? And God, I pray that they learn to have that rest in you, God. And I pray that they learn to say no to certain things so this way they can have that time with you. And if they can't say no to things, God, I pray that they make that time with you a priority and that they remind themselves every single day why they need that time with you, God, why it is so important for us to have that time with you. And God, I I thank you once again for everything that you do for us. I thank you for fighting for us. I thank you for loving us even when we tend to go a million miles an hour, God. And I pray over this time of small groups, God, that that you allow us to be vulnerable, that you allow us to talk freely about things that are happening in our busy schedules and things that we might be struggling with, God. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.